I want to welcome you this morning. My name is Brian White, and I am so glad you're here today. Um, don't go home and wash your car. <laughs> so this week, uh, we're beginning the journey of Lent. Uh, starting this Wednesday night is Ash Wednesday. And uh, really want to hit, it, it, I think it's so important for us to take on some type of spiritual discipline as we prepare. Lent is all about preparing for the resurrection, preparing for Easter. And so just if, if you don't have anything in mind, um, I have a couple suggestions for you to think about for Lent. And, and the first is, just join us in worship, uh, you know, online. We're so glad you're all here online, but also in person uh, through the season of Lent as we progress toward Easter. Uh, this Wednesday night is Ash Wednesday, and so we'll have an Ash Wednesday gathering here in the sanctuary Wednesday night. And then, you know, every week, uh, Pastor Justin, who was up here a minute ago, he puts together a daily study guide, and they're meant to go in uh, concert with the, the Sunday morning messages. It's just an opportunity for you to read the Bible on your own, to be able to delve deeper into uh, what we're looking at as a church throughout the week. And so, you know, we're going to really work on that uh, through the season of Lent. And we'll be studying beginning next week the Lord's Prayer from Matthew. It's a little bit later on in the Sermon on the Mount. We've been at the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount for the last uh, couple months, actually. And just take that into your daily journey with the community. Uh, go through the study guide. It's on Facebook. It's on uh, the website. Um, I'm going to teach a class Wednesday nights on uh, the Lord's Prayer throughout Lent. And uh, we'll start with a dinner. Really excited about this on Wednesday nights. Uh, we'll have a dinner with the youth, all of us together at 6 o'clock. And then we'll go over and we'll have a class starting at 6.45. And I, I just think... As you prepare for Easter this year, I, I just can't think of any better way than to deepen your understanding of the Lord's Prayer. I know you'll be blessed as you study God's Word uh, and as we do that together. But today we're going to finish the Beatitudes. Um, beginning of Jesus' Sermon on Mount in chapter 5 of Matthew. And, and I kind of want to spend a couple minutes reviewing just the big picture of the Beatitudes. Uh, Beatitudes, we, we've divided them into three groups. And, and so there are three categories of people that Jesus said are blessed. And the first, if you remember, they're, they're just the empty. They're empty of something. They're, they're in deprivation. In the eyes of the world, they're broken. They're the broken people. They're, they're the poor in spirit. There are those who are, they're mourning, grieving. And they're the meek. And there are those who are hungering and thirsting for righteousness. Something they're not experiencing. Every one of them are in a deplorable situation is the point. So Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn. For they will be comforted. And Jesus said, blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. So that first group of people, they're empty, is the point. And because of that void, that emptiness, it allows them to be filled with Christ, is the point. And that's a blessing. So the second category, the next category of people, they're actually the exact opposite these people are full. 
They're full of mercy. They're full of purity. They're peacemakers. Peacemakers. And, and the point is, they were the empty ones at one point. But since Christ filled them, they're blessed because they're able to go out and reach out to the world, imitating Christ. They can now offer what Christ offered them when they were empty. They have what the empty world craves. Mercy. Purity. Peace. Because they have Christ. Third category we're going to look at today. Oh, excuse me. So Matthew 5, 7 through 9. Blessed are the merciful. They will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers. They will be called children of God. But that brings us to the, today we're going to look at the last category. And they're the, they're the persecuted. They're persecuted for their faith. And as we look at this a little bit closer, we're going to find that there's a reason why. They're persecuted because they worked very hard to bless people who were hurting. They offered what Christ had offered them, what Christ had given them, but they hit a hard wall of opposition. And they experienced persecution as they were trying to follow Jesus. Now this isn't, you know, happy holidays versus Merry Christmas persecution of Christians. Matthew 5, 10 through 12, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when people revile you when they persecute you and utter all kinds of false witness against you on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward is great in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets before you. Now I outlined this series a couple months ago. I was actually just talking with Trevor Hollenbeck about this right before worship. And, and I, I wanted it to end right before Ash Wednesday uh, so we could start the Lord's Prayer for Lent. And, and I, I obviously had no idea that Russia would attack Ukraine when I outlined this series. And, and so the timing just kind of makes the hairs on the back of my neck stand. You know, church historians have said, after Emperor Constantine's conversion to Christianity, the age of martyrdom, the age of martyrs, was officially over. And that was early 300s AD. The reality is far more Christians died in the last century than the first couple hundred years of Christianity. In places like Russia. Places like China. Places like Armenia, South Sudan. Millions have died for their loyalty to Christ. And Russia's invasion means our Christian brothers and sisters in Ukraine are facing a very, very real threat. 
and very real persecution for their faith that we, we just can't fathom. He said, this is not happy holidays versus Merry Christmas persecution. Jesus' beatitude, I think, is so important for us to hear as we support Ukraine in our prayers. And we can't forget, you know, for so many around us, so many people in the world around us, saying yes to Christ requires an enormous amount of courage. Some people face persecution from their government. Some people face persecution from their families and their friends. You know, in the United States, our Declaration of Independence says we hold these truths to be self-evident. That all men are created equal. That all are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. And among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I think so many people in our world, they just dream of the right to be able to pursue happiness. And it's so easy for us to take that right for granted. And we forget the word pursue. And we think being happy is our right. And there's a big difference. Scott McKnight wrote, the happiness of the Beatitudes is not about feeling good, but about being good. Being good is defined by Jesus and shaped by one's relationship with God through him. And he goes on, he says, being blessed by Jesus may have nothing to do with one's observable condition in life and everything to do with whether one loves God, loves self, and loves others as the self. That, he says, along with these behaviors that emerge out of that kind of love, that makes one blessed. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I really wonder if we lived our lives as if Jesus' words on persecution were actually meant for us. I wonder if we would find a new level of relevancy in his words in this beatitude. Because if we lived as if these words were actually meant for us, we might actually find ourselves persecuted as we follow Jesus in southeastern Washington. This verse, Beatitude, is not just for persecuted Christians in other worlds, like Russia, like China. These words are supposed to be for all of Jesus' followers. But how relevant are they? You know, this beatitude, it's a, it's a bridge for the rest of the Sermon on the Mount, but it's also, I, I, I just feel, it is a call for discipleship from us. Because the persecuted are those who seek God's will in spite of what others want. And those who love God so much that they remain faithful even in the midst of oppression. They're blessed because they follow Jesus regardless of the cost. Not in spite of, but in the midst of persecution, they follow Jesus. And that's when 
they're really blessed. So on the big picture, Beatitudes, in three categories, the first of which Jesus says, the empty are blessed. The empty are blessed. You know, the empty are those who are poor in spirit. The empty, they are the ones who are mourning, grieving, the empty. These are the meek. These are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. But Jesus also says, the full are blessed. Because the full, they are the merciful to those on the ground empty. They are the pure in heart offering Christ to those who are empty. They are the peacemakers. I mean, they're blessed because they offer Christ, Christ's mercy and Christ's purity and Christ's peace to the empty of the world. Why? Because they were once in that position themselves. On the ground, on their knees. And they received from Christ. And now, as they follow Christ, they offer Christ to the world in its need. And then the last category, Jesus blesses the hurting. Those who are persecuted for offering mercy, those who are persecuted for offering purity, for for offering peace, as their back is against the wall, they continue to offer Christ, regardless of the cost. Do you see the cycle of blessing? First, Jesus picks up the lowly. And the downtrodden, from their knees, he brings them to their feet. And then Jesus sends them out into the world to pick others up in his name. To do for others what he has done for them. And they may get knocked down, is the point, if they follow him. But by definition, isn't there a very high probability that it's going to happen at some point if you're following the crucified Lord, the Lord who gives himself for others, you're going to have a bullseye on your chest as well if you go where he goes and if you do what he does. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. This beatitude, it it ends by saying we should expect persecution if we're walking the path of righteousness. There is a very real possibility that goodness may be rewarded with persecution. There's a reason that this beatitude follows the peacemaking beatitude. It's like one leads right to the other. I mean, last week, 
Pastor Trevor talked about Jesus' call for his followers to be peacemakers. Well, I'll tell you, the path of peacemaking is the path of martyrdom. I mean, like Dietrich Bonhoeffer, like Martin Luther King Jr., like Oscar Romero, and so many others in the great cloud of witnesses who are cheering for us in the midst of our struggle right now. It's so important for us, I think, to hear Jesus' promises on this beatitude because they're the exact same promises he gave the first beatitude, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Is right now. When you are persecuted for righteousness, yours is the kingdom of heaven. As the Nazis were leading Pastor Bonhoeffer to the gallows for his faith, I think the veneer between this world and the kingdom of heaven thinned so much. As Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed for holding up a mirror in the face of racism, the kingdom was felt and the world changed. As Bishop Oscar Romero was shot and killed while serving communion in San Salvador, El Salvador started the shift and the kingdom came on earth. It became more on earth as it is in heaven as these men embrace their faith in the midst of a very real threat. And through their deaths, hope was realized as, as the world witnessed their faith. They followed the path of righteousness. They followed the path of the crucified Messiah. And it became a more on earth as it is in heaven. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, God worked through Bonhoeffer's death. God worked through Martin Luther King Jr.'s death. God worked through Oscar Romero's death. The world did change. And the forces of darkness receded. And the kingdom expanded. And it became more on earth as it is in heaven because of their faith. You know, there's no greater blessing this side of eternity than to be a catalyst for the kingdom. So Bonhoeffer and King and Romero, they chose the path of righteousness. Even in the midst of persecution, the kingdom. It was here now. Did you notice as we were talking about the Beatitudes for the last two months, you know, the promises of the middle Beatitudes, they're all future tense. We talked about it, but I, I want to come back because Matthew 5, 4 through 9, blessed are those who mourn, they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be the children of God. Those are blessings of the kingdom to come. But the first and the last blessings, they're present tense. 
Jesus is saying the poor in spirit and the persecuted will experience the kingdom here now. I love this. It's saying King Jesus' future kingdom is coming and it is so strong that it impacts us here right now. We can experience the kingdom right now. It's a foretaste of the glory to come. We will experience the kingdom when we are poor in spirit. We will experience the kingdom when we face persecution. But that's not all because Jesus' promises are the blessings of the kingdom to come. God's comfort is for those who mourn. God's new earth for the meek to inherit. God's righteousness for the hunger and the thirsty they will be filled. God's mercy and forgiveness for those who forgive others. We will see God's face. We will be part of God's family because we'll be called children of God. The greatest blessing is our hope for the future. But we still experience the blessings in the here and now. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you, when they persecute you, when they utter all kinds of false witness against you on my account, and rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. In the same way they persecuted the prophets before you, on my account. See, on my account. This puts Jesus in the Beatitudes. First time he's done this. What does that mean? Remember the first category of the attitudes was for the empty, for the sufferers. The last category is for the disciples who have come full circle and they're back down on their knees. They started the journey on their knees. And Christ lifted them up and sent them out and now they're down again. In the depths of persecution for their faith. They are the faithful who went into the world and they hit trouble, and they're on their knees where they started. And Jesus says, when this happens, rejoice. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. This is really hard for us. Because we're used to the ways of the world, but we need to hear this. The metrics of the cross teach us the defeat is the messianic metric. But we have a promise. We have a very real hope in the midst of defeat. Because Jesus has already been victorious. Our battle has already been won. Did you notice the first part uh, says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. And the second says, blessed are those who are persecuted on my account. Righteousness and Jesus are the same thing. To be persecuted for righteousness' sake means to be persecuted for Jesus' sake. It's the same. The way of righteousness. That's the way of Jesus. Jesus is our way. 
If you're a follower of someone, you go where they go, you do what they do, right? So the path of Jesus is the path of righteousness. And it took him to a Roman cross, then dumped in a tomb. But God bent the evil of the cross. God forced it into good. What was meant for death has become a symbol of hope for us. Not in spite of, but because of the tomb, death was defeated and victory was won. The same thing happens when we follow Christ. When we follow him, even in the depths of persecution, he died our death, he rose our sake, and he is in his kingdom waiting, calling for us to join him. You know, in the next series, we're going to hear Jesus teach us to pray that it become on earth as it is in heaven, that God's kingdom come, his will be done. Heaven is the realm where God is king. And he's saying we're supposed to live our lives in a way that expresses his kingship right here and right now. And that, my friends, will transform this earth into the kingdom that God has always intended. When we live by his rule, in a way that may not make any sense to the world whatsoever, it's going to bring opposition. But that way of life is going to make sense in God's promised future kingdom. And the future has arrived. And the future is available right here, right now. And our world today needs that glimpse. You know, we've all, the last couple weeks, it just seems like this buildup in Ukraine has gone so slow, and then all of a sudden. And I, I put this on Facebook, but you know, I, I kept in my prayer life, I, the words from one verse from Fosdick's hymn, God of grace and God of glory, just kept coming back to me over and over and over. Cure your children's warring madness. Bend our pride to your control. Shame our wanton selfish gladness, rich in things and poor in soul. Wow. Grant us wisdom, grant us courage, lest we miss your kingdom's goal. Lest we miss your kingdom's goal. We have an opportunity to be the children of God. We pray with me, Lord, we lift up the situation in Ukraine. Our brothers and sisters, their children, the pastors who have stayed in their churches, the border countries, the world economy, it just goes on and on and on. We desperately need you. Call the peacemakers. Help us to experience a resurrection. Lord, in the midst of this tomb, 
Help us to see. When you're able to take a cross and bend it and force it for your purposes, we need an Easter. We need a resurrection. And this world needs your children. In your son's name, amen.